Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Haley. Happy weekends all around. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Haley Johnson. Joined by Haley. And we've got all kinds of stuff planned today. We're going to be talking about paint, how to determine <laughs> the... <laughs> I had You're more to say to than that. the Home Improvement Show. We're going to talk about paint. Yeah, but we're going to be talking about how to tell if the paint in your basement is good or bad. Yes, whether it's like if expired, it's, If it says Repcolite on the front, even then it still might be bad and you probably need to get more is what I'm getting at. No, we'll tell you if it's expired, if it's gone bad, right. what to look for, all the little things, party tricks. You'll enjoy it. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about how Haley influenced me, made me make a big purchase. Yeah. Did I like it? Did I hate it? We're going to cover that. That's next segment. Right now, let's talk about something. Since we are talking about Haley, <laughs> um, I work with you on a regular basis. I've done that for about four years, three or four three years. Three or four years, something like that. And you're kind of a nut in a lot of ways. you got a lot of nutty ideas. I am not a nut. I, you don't have nutty ideas. But I'm, I'm always unclear, I'm unsure <laughs> about what your ideas are. You understand my power of influence, so you like to question to yeah. make sure I'm not just we don't always running look the at, show here. Right, we don't always look at life from the exact <laughs> same true. paradigm. Yeah. And you, you'll talk about certain things, and I need to dig into them a little bit yeah. before I figure out if I'm going to go on board with that or if I'm going to be in trouble. And one of the things that you've talked about recently was screen time. Yeah, it's something that I really started, I guess, just wanting to be like super mindful of um, because I am a new parent and this is a different age that we live in now. There's a lot to consider when it comes to screens. And, you know, even though he's just an infant right now and he's not necessarily using the screens, just my use of screens around him can impact his later behavior. So, it's something that I really started digging into. And you were talking about how potentially harmful it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, quite honestly, I think in the in that conversation, I wasn't sure what I thought about it. It didn't sound like crazy talk. It made sense. But I do remember thinking, you know, I'm glad I kind of dodged that bullet. My kids right. are old enough now. Right. That wasn't a real big issue they didn't back then. They grew up then. with iPads. So. Right. Well, 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 they weren't babies when all of this stuff happened. I didn't have things strapped to them. You know, right. That, that sort of things <laughs> like that. I figured I was fine. So yeah. I let you have your little exploration. Well, like I have any say in it anyway. But, you know, <laughs> you did your thing and I didn't think it impacted me as the bottom line. Yes. Anyway, I stumbled on a news article, I think two days after we had that conversation. And it's titled, I got to find it in a minute, The Silent Epidemic Eating Away American Minds, not just American baby minds. Right. And I think you could probably make the case it's not just American minds. <laughs> probably just minds. Any mind. <laughs> and it turns out it's screen time. And I'm reading this and they're talking about all these terrible things that are happening no matter what age you're at. Right. It really doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, I think it's a big deal with infants because they're, you're kind of cementing things right now, right? But. Yeah, going to play out later in life, but it still impacts you, Dan, and that's what matters. Well, and that's the thing; it talks yeah. about how um, you know your attention spans are affected. All the ADHD stuff—it's just skyrocketing. Um, aggression, mm -hmm. depression. Teachers Anxiety. are seeing increased all of that in schools, and scientists—you know—scientists are finding a lot of things, but scientists are finding a connection between screen time. And those things. And right. And I think it's like important to say, too, that we're not necessarily saying that there's causation here, but I think that we can point to a correlation between 
increased screen time and increased anxiety, depression, ADHD, all these things are happening at the same time. Exactly. And we're not saying pull the plug and run away from it. It's basically just information that I was a little bit surprised at. Yeah. I shouldn't have been, but I was. It it, it impacts basically nobody, no age group is potentially safe from you know, investing too much time in this. And I know that we do. We invest a ton of time. I work on a computer all day long mm-hmm. and then I go home and detox by scrolling through my phone. Yeah. Or I have guitars that I play and they use smart technology, a smart amp that connects with my iPad. So I'm never disconnected from it. And one thing that I found really interesting in this article, and I know you did too, Haley, yeah. is that, you know, we would tend to think, okay, vegging in front of a TV is it's probably bad. worse right. than grabbing an iPad and actually doing something interactive. I'm right. maybe like learning. You're playing a game. You know, there's Turn- problem solving involved there. I would always think that that's probably better screen time than just sitting in front of a TV for hours. Turns out that's not the case. Right. The interactive stuff is actually worse. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is that video game designers and, and anybody designing apps and stuff, they're building in, you know, little triggers, um, you know, buttons that go off when you get to a certain point, little sounds that that play. And what that does is psychologically it pulls us in. They're intentionally doing this right. to keep you addicted and keep you looking for the next little ding or the next right. whatever. Because we understand how these reward systems work in our brains. We understand what's going to feed us those dopamine hits, that those feel-good hormones that lead to these addictive behaviors. We're like Pavlov's dogs. Yeah. The bell rings and we start drooling. Well, and they're just... All of that is built in from the very core of any of these games because their whole job is to keep you playing. So, of course, they're going to use this information to make their game something where you're not going to want to leave it. Yeah. No, there's there's um, anecdotal evidence or whatever stories in this article that talk about people who I don't even like the game I'm playing. Mm-hmm. But if I don't keep going to that next tier, I'm not going to accomplish whatever. So, you know, they just keep going. Well, and that, too. But they also incorporate you know, these random rewards where you don't know when it's going to come next. So you keep playing because maybe something's about to happen again and you're going to get that dopamine hit. And of course, that's not a conscious thought in our minds, but that's internally, you know, what's happening to our brain chemistry. Well, it's very interesting. We're going to keep going with this conversation and we'll air the rest of that in the podcast. Right now, we've got to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about This big influencing thing where Haley got me to make a big purchase and we're going to decide or find out together if I'm happy or if I'm really disgruntled. And whether I can do it again. Yeah. That's all next. Stick around. All right. So we're talking about this whole screen time thing. Mm -hmm. Is there more you wanted to say? I guess I should have asked you before I said we're going to keep talking about it after the break. Because now we've got this on the podcast and people are just chomping at the bit for something brilliant. Well, I guess I wanted to throw out there, you know, we just said that. This passive screen time is potentially less harmful than, you know, the interactive video game, interactive screen time, which is not what either of us thought the results of the no, studies no, would be. No, no, absolutely not. And I thought this point really highlighted it where they're talking about um, this doctor that observed, you know, while watching two hours of TV was linked to signs of dysregulation in children, only 30 minutes of interactive screen time activities is stimulating enough for that to occur. So... You can watch TV for two hours or you can play a video game for 30 minutes and you've got the same amount of dysregulation that's happening 
in kids or I'm assuming adults too. Well, yeah, I just the whole thing, I don't know what to think of it. It, it certainly makes sense. I mean, I can, it's hard to kick against the concept. Mm-hmm. You know, I certainly have seen, you know, even in my own house, even in myself, um, attention spans yeah. dramatically dropping. You know, I don't know that I could say that I'm more stressed or not. I'm already stressed and I live in that zone. So it's hard to tell if I'm worse or not. But I do notice the attention span thing. Things yeah. that I used to read, great big long articles that just a few years ago I'd love to dig into. And, uh, and I'm looking for the really quick version. I don't know where that comes from. Maybe I'm just getting older. Maybe I'm just getting dumber. <laughs> or, or maybe it's a combination of everything. But I'm spoon fed everything in yeah. such little bites. Right. That maybe it's training me. Who knows? Well, and I think the type of rapid stimulation that's happening with... Rabbit? Rapid. Oh, rapid. (laughs) Rapid. It's happening very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. We got five rabbits and tried to stimulate them and we figured out which ones really like certain things. This one likes carrots. This one loves TV. This one loves TV. (laughs) Well. So rapid stimulation. Is what's happening with a lot of the screen time, you know, the way that video is edited to keep our attention spans, the way that video games are designed to keep our attention spans, it's all extremely stimulating. And that's what really our brains are feeding off of because it it likes that to a certain extent. But what this article talked about too is that because they're being so stimulated with this type of screen time, our brain's working to de-stimulate us at the same time. So kind of desensitize us to the amount of stimulation that we're receiving because it would be really overwhelming um, if it didn't do that. And so because it's actively working to you know, de-stimulate us in those situations. Now, in regular life, where we don't have this rapid stimulation happening, all of a sudden, those things are, you know, even so it's, less stimulating. So it's still dis- slowing us down. Right. And now we don't have these other things amping us up. Mm-hmm. So now we're sleeping at the wheel, basically. <laughs> right? That's why we need coffee. So if you're going to be watching a lot of this stuff... You're going to want to follow that down with coffee so you can keep your edge, right? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Did I understand? Yeah. Yeah. And that will help with the stress and the anxiety. Clearly. Because that will make it even more pronounced. So good for any sort of stress or anxiety. (laughs) Well, think about that, though. That's my life. Mm -hmm. Get a cup of coffee, open up a screen. Yeah. Probably shortening my lifespan dramatically. My intelligence, everything, all down the drain. It's very interesting. Thanks to all of this. It's quite scary. Well, yeah. And the thing is, there's this other side to it. And we talked about this in leading up to this little segment. And we talked about how, you know, you were mentioning that there's there's value to it. You know, like virtual reality. That's something that is a knee jerk just now. Yeah. Her whole color changed. I have like a very visceral reaction to the just the word. Yeah. Virtual reality. It's very strange. I saw a movie. What was the movie? Ready Player One. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. I saw the movie. I was so pumped. I thought it was so such an interesting concept. It's a virtual reality concept. And I thought it was done so well, mm-hmm. so smart. And I came to work all excited to tell my little story. Everybody's been there. You've seen something. You come to work and you can't wait, wait to course. share. Yeah. And I start speaking and literally four words get out of my mouth. And Haley becomes an entirely different person. <laughs> And I think we've all been there. We've had this exciting story to tell, and the person That's we're telling so is just so angry at the very concept. 
And I could not understand what your reaction was to yeah. it. I still don't know, but I know you hate it. Yeah. And so when later I started recommending, I remember we had a contest at Repcolite. And I said, oh, yeah. You wanted to give away a virtual, virtual reality. reality. <laughs> That's when I started putting all two and two together and realized it's virtual reality that makes you <laughs> really mad. And, you know, the more I've thought about it, the more I think that is scary to be immersed in this situation. You know, the idea mm-hmm. is like technology is going to bring people together. That's a lot of what's get, what's gets what gets floated. I'm yeah, is that, that it's connecting us. And, and yet, I think ultimately, you know, well, what we experience in real life is, is that isolation. Yeah, disconnection. So I see all that. And yet on the other side, we, we read about. People who, you know, surgeons learning mm-hmm. to do whatever. Yeah, using I think virtual there's reality. two sides to it. And I try to remember that to kind of give myself hope. Because <laughs> I guess I don't know why virtual reality in particular gives me such a visceral reaction. Mm-hmm. I think it just sounds very dystopian to me. <laughs> like, OK, let's not live in reality. Let's live in a virtual reality. It's just this like sure. extra layer of, you know, the control yeah. potential no, I, that technology I, could have. But I do think that there are so many good applications for all of these things, you know, for people to have disabilities or, like you said, for doctors that are training, getting some sort of real life experience in I'm situations. Glad. Yeah, I'm glad pilots train in right. some sort of simulation. In simulation. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the training flight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't want to be on this one. Right. So there's a lot of value. And it's a tool. Right. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. We had this conversation before, too, is, you know, you could do something really terrible with a hammer, but you could also just use it as it's intended to and nail something to the side of your house. Right. Completely agree. The thing that makes this just a slightly different thing than that Mm -hmm. is that what we talked about in in the the part that aired earlier on on air is that this is literally extremely addicting. And it's being designed that way. to be that way. Right. Right. So it's, it's like a hammer. It kind of gets you hooked. Right. You, right? Can't, you can't put it down. Once you pick that hammer up, you better be careful because you might not ever put it down again. Right. That's not going to happen. And if somebody pulls it out of your hand, you're going to have some kind of withdrawal. Right. You're going to flip out. You're going to be stealing hammers from places. <laughs> it's just a train wreck. And so that's what makes this different. It's a tool, but it is designed to to kind of hook us. And I think that's the biggest point that we wanted to make in all of this it's just as parents and grandparents, as people mm-hmm. out there. Just For yourself, be aware. yeah. You know, dig into the article. You make your own call. I'm not sure exactly where I stand. This makes a lot of sense to me, and I think it, it helps me want to adjust what I do. I'm, I'm not going to give it up. So I'm learning my guitar stuff. I'm not giving that up because <laughs> that's my second, that's my fallback. If the Repco light oh. ever fails, I'm going to be, mm. oh, yeah, like a little Paul McCartney. Okay. <laughs> that's going to be me. So I'll keep it, but I'm going to try to. Keep it in check a little bit. Yeah, I think it's just about being mindful and aware of these things. If the information's out there, you know, yeah, we can act on it in however we want to. But we sounded like you were going to say more. You just kind of kind of quit there. Well, I don't. I don't want to go on forever. I All could right. talk about this for a very long time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You just think about virtual reality. That'll make <laughs> you angry and sharpen your senses. I'm going to go find a hammer because I've just got this inkling that I need one. <laughs> and we're going to take a break. And if you hung around for this. You're going to catch what's coming next, which is going to be the conversation about the steamer that you influenced me on or didn't. I'm still not going to give you the answer. You're going to have to hang around to find that out. That's all next. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore and Haley. Let's talk 
about uh, some influence that you've got. I hate to say it that way. <laughs> I love when you say it that I way. I know. You get a big head, bigger head, and I'm going to hear about this for a while. But probably a year ago or more, we had a segment yeah. on the show where you talked about a steam cleaner that you bought right. for your house. And you were so over-the-top excited about the steam cleaner that you almost swayed me. Yeah, you, you talked about buying one. For I actually a week. went online, found it. Yeah. And then, you know, cleared the page and walked away. But I almost bought it. Well, anyway, maybe I think it was around Christmas time, New Year's time, we played a couple of reruns. Mm -hmm. And you recommended that we air the that steam steamer cleaner. one. Yeah. So it sounds good to me. So I get it, and I have to go through all the audio. You know, I right. do all the editing, so I had to do it again. And by the end of that segment, I bought one. So <laughs> you influenced me. It took you two tries. All right. And I got this steam cleaner. It's a Dupre mm -hmm. steam cleaner. I'll put a link in the show notes. It was about 150 bucks. I think I got it on sale for 130 Yeah. Something in that range. And I think it's so worth it. Well, I wasn't sure. I was nervous. I was... You know, trusting you to to have led me in the right direction, but I wasn't sure. I remember when it came. I was pretty excited to see it and to mess with it because I do like cleaning. You do. And You're I like a having cleaner. a really clean space. And I remember, you know, knowing that it was coming, kind of tracking where it's at on the phone. Mm -hmm. And I pulled into the driveway with all the kids. Everybody was in the truck. I don't remember where we were. And one of the kids said, oh, there's a big box sitting by the front door. Is that Christmas stuff? And I looked, and then I squealed like a schoolgirl, completely unintentionally. <laughs> steam cleaner! Yeah, I clapped my hands and squealed because it was the steam cleaner, and I could see it right on the package. Got it in the house, and I, in 10 minutes, I had the thing filled up, full up with water yeah. and heating. It took a good 10, 15 minutes to get hot enough to sure. go. And then I started attacking everything in the house just to see what would happen. Yeah, you said that you did your floors, the well, bathroom. Well, that was the floor was the very first thing that I tackled, and I was really surprised and disgusted <laughs> <laughs> with myself. I got all the tools out, and I'm looking at this vinyl floor, and it looks like tile, like ceramic tile, and it's fine. You know, yeah. it's, it is what it is. But when we moved in eight years ago or so, by the kickboards, <clears throat> the, the pattern on the tile just... You know, it just looks like it's the pattern. You know, there's all these little grooves and I can't call them discolorations. It's just darkness in the tile. Sure. And I assume that's just the pattern because I've tried to mop it. I've tried. It just never. Yeah, it's comes not up. like you don't clean your house. So I clean, clean all the time. Yeah. All the time. I mop all the time. So it's just part of the pattern. I got this thing down there and I thought, let's just do one little square. And I did that. And in seconds, 30 seconds, oh. 10 seconds. It's clean. And I looked at it and all those spots were gone. And I looked at the spot next to it, all these little black spots that I can't believe I thought were part of the pattern. It's dirt. It's dirt. I was so <laughs> mortified. I was horrified. Well, yeah. There's nobody to blame but myself and my own incompetence <laughs> with cleaning. I had to reassess my entire life at that point. <laughs> and I went through and cleaned all of that. And yeah, in... 10 minutes, I'd gone around the entire room, and it looks so much better. It feels better. Did the floors. The floors feel better. Yes. They don't just look better. They yes. feel better. And I from that point that on, part. I just went nuts. I did, you know, I, you sample it in certain areas. I sampled it on some surfaces to make sure I wasn't going to have a problem. Sure, yeah. Got to be safe. But I cleaned off all kinds of stuff. I went into the bathroom, sanitized the toilet seats and all of that. I went nuts. Well, that's the part I love, too, is that you can sanitize things with a steam cleaner. I've... 
you know, I, I would say there was a lull in my steam cleaner use. You know, I used it a lot when I first got it, and then I kind of forgot about it for maybe like six months. But I've really started using it again because of Wallace. Now that he's crawling and moving around the floors, I feel like these need to be cleaner than just vacuuming. I want mm-hmm. them sanitized. <laughs> yeah. No, it's super cool. Uh, it does, you know, like you said, it's very exciting when you first get it. Mm-hmm. But it, it is work. It, it is something that you got to work into your system because you fill yes. up the tank. It doesn't fill up instantly. You got to work on that. And and that sounds stupid, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It, no. It's not a very big opening that you're pouring into. And it no, it's a little, a little annoying. Time. Yeah. And then draining it mm-hmm. or getting all of that dealt with when you're all done. There's a lot of little things. So it's not something that I daily do. Yeah. It it's is... more cumbersome than like a Swiffer clean. You know? But so ridiculously cool to be able to get certain areas cleaned and once just, a week, it works once so a month. Well. well, it works so well. The big thing that really tipped me off, I've, I've got the floor. I was super happy about getting the floor clean. But uh, in the living room, when I moved in, there was a big black spot by the front door. Okay, door swings sure. open over the carpet. I don't know if there was a moisture problem or something that People happened. Just like foot traffic. It's where they took their no, shoes it's, off or no, something? No, it's not by that. It's okay. right by the door. It's this great big section. You know, probably six inches long and about two inches into the room, but right at the base of the door hmm. that's black in the carpet. Sounds horrible yeah, when I explain horrible. it like that. <laughs> Come to my house. You should move. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what it was, but we had some cleaners come. Yeah. You know, we got some carpet cleaners to come out, professional cleaners. Mm-hmm. They went through the whole area. Everything's great. And then I asked them about that spot and they said, no, that spot, there's nothing we can do. We tried everything we've got. That's literally what they told me. Everything we've got, all our professional equipment, and we couldn't get that spot up. Everything else looks great. We don't know what that is. You're just going to have to live with it. Fortunately, it's way off to the side. You barely notice it. So you just said, okay, fine. Yep, that's what I did. I wrote him a big check and said, thanks so much for (laughs) everything else. Anyway, I figured, why not? You know, I'm sure it's not going to work with my steamer. Well, guess who's got a new carpet cleaning business? (laughs) That worked. It worked? Yes. I had that thing up in five minutes. 90 to 95% of it. You can still still see a shadow of it there. Still, for someone to say that's a professional, we can't get that out. And for you to. They tried and tried. I don't know what the difference was. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. All I know is this thing got that up. I've taken up other spots on the carpet. Blah, blah, blah. The steamer's really cool. And I influenced you. And you influenced me. Now, I think it's time that you try one more time. Because there's something else that you just bought that's cleaning related, yes. which makes me want to squeal like a schoolgirl. Right. <laughs> no, I think that you would really like it. And I guess my evidence to that is that, so the reason I bought this, I got a cordless vacuum. Yeah, let's get that let's out there first. Out. Cordless vacuum, not cordless a dust vacuum. buster, a literal vacuum. Yep. Cordless. Just has battery attachment and, you know, charge it. It's good to go. So I got this, but the reason I got it is because we had some money, some Amazon money that I could use because Jordan's parents very sweetly got him an ego blower for his birthday. Oh, very nice. But we already have one. Oh, that's right. I bought you that. one. Yes. I was thinking, it seems <laughs> like I gave good you gift. one. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, you got us one for a housewarming gift. And so we already had one. They didn't realize that, but they thought it was such a good dad gift for him. And... I bet I influenced them. That's possible. They do listen to the show. Well, there we go. We're both influencers. (laughs) So anyway, they got you that. You had to return it. You had some Amazon money. And I told them, you know, what I really want to spend that on is a cordless vacuum. And he was mad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
most of the time, that's not going to be terribly exciting. And it was his gift. It was his gift. I was going to spend his birthday money on a cordless vacuum. And he was not happy. We already have a vacuum. Why do we need a cordless vacuum? I don't understand. We need multiple vacuums in the house. Really, Haley? <laughs> and I said, no, we're going to use this every single day. What's the end result? What's your... He's thrilled. He's thrilled. Life changer, he said. This is huge. He loves to use it, loves it. It's so quiet. It's so light. And I know the cord doesn't seem like something that should be an obstacle, but I really, truly believe that it is because you're unwrapping it. It's like the obstacles with the steam cleaner, I think, that maybe keeps us from using it on a daily basis or a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. This removes all of those well, obstacles. I think it's the same. It's That's the argument you make with any um... – yeah battery-powered piece of equipment. Right. Well, that was the argument we made when we talked about those ego blowers and mm -hmm. stuff. I used all of that stuff a lot more than the corded equipment that right. I had just because it was such a pain in the neck right. to get it out. It was so handy with a battery-powered thing. Well, and when you've got a corded vacuum, too, you're moving the plug multiple times to try to get the first floor done, and that's annoying. You're maybe running short on a couple because you're trying to stretch it to the very limit, and that's annoying because now it comes unplugged. And We have eight extension cords yeah. that drape through the whole home. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I don't think that this will ever replace a corded vacuum in our home. We're always going to have our shark vacuum, but... I really love it for daily use, just so we, to use in the kitchen after cooking something or hit the living room really quick because maybe there are some crumbs that drop. Now, do you have hardwood in the living room or? I have hardwood, but I have rugs. Uh, so you're using it on both surfaces. Use it on both. And I can say that it picks up everything that I can see and the, feels, the floors feel cleaner after I've swept them. So I, I swept do believe. Swept them with the vacuum. Yeah, that it's working. I just don't, I don't think that it's as strong as a corded one still. No, I can't imagine that's going to be. And like you said, we're not recommending that it's a replacement right. or it's I think a nice supplement too. Exactly. It's supplemental, but I also really think that this is a great, you know, for that daily use, but it's a great deep cleaning tool as well because it allows me to get under the couches in the living room really easily. Normally that's always like a really embarrassing thing when you realize, oh my gosh, like there's so many dust bunnies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> under my couch is disgusting. It's disgusting. Oh. And now you'll be able to blame the children soon. I can I can clean under there so easily because it goes completely flat. Or cobwebs, you know, there's we've got a big open stairwell that goes up to the second floor. And there's little cobwebs that get up in the corners of that stairwell on the second floor. And there's no great way to get to those. But with the cordless vacuum, it was really simple. I mean, Yeah, I've got a vacuum that's got the little hose attachment. You know, most sure. of us do. Yeah. But mine's supposed to be 15 foot long is what, the, what it says on the box. And maybe it is if you bolt the vacuum to the ground <laughs> and pull it as far as you can get at that hose. But for me... I pull more than three or four feet and the vacuum falls over, yes. shoots at me. Yes. Because it, it just doesn't work that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. You, you've got none of that with this no. cordless thing. You can reach up wherever you want to go. It's light. There's so many attachments still. You know, it, it, it just makes cleaning certain things so much easier. So we're not making a big recommendation about the particular one that you bought. No, although I've just liked about the it concept. so far. Yeah. So we'll put a link in the show notes to the exact vacuum that Haley bought. If you, if you really want to follow Haley and live Haley's life... <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, you can be stalkers and stuff like that. But you got to start with getting all the equipment yeah, that you you're going like. to need a cordless vacuum first. <laughs> so we'll put a link in the show notes for that. But mainly, the big thing is just consider that. Maybe it's something you haven't thought about. It might really help with the cleaning process at home. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about 
how to tell if the paint on the shelves in the basement or the garage, if that's any good and should be used, or if it's something you never ever want to pop the lid on. <laughs> we'll talk about that in just a minute. Stick around. Well, Haley, I have learned all kinds of stuff in the break, and even though it's not what we we're planning on talking about, I want to talk about it. <laughs> you have regaled me with all oh, kinds of information, geez. and I want to share. Hmm. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored for the moment by Benjamin Moore. <laughs> we'll see how they feel about this after Haley tells us about carrots. Carrots, we're not. She, we go to break, yeah. and Haley says, "This is how she starts a conversation." Dan, did you know carrots <laughs> weren't always edible? Did you know people put butter in their coffee in the 2000s? Carrots I, weren't always edible. I recently learned that carrots were not always edible, and I think it's very interesting because I love carrots. It's weird to think that at one point they could have poisoned me. Yeah, but it's true. They weren't really like a farmed um, vegetable. And it wasn't until like 300 BC that they really started cultivating these to make them edible. And they were white to start with. Right. And that's when they were poisonous. And then ultimately. And they were like, poisonous? Like I'd croak? I don't know what would or happen. Or do I get internal distress? It, but I know that you shouldn't eat them. And so eventually they made them orange and, you know. All that's the- That way you knew which ones were good to eat. <laughs> Right? Is that what for <laughs> that? Yeah. You're at the store, at the caveman store. Don't buy the white ones unless you're trying to kill rats. <laughs> oh, the orange ones, those are good for people, right? It would be a weird thing to test, I'm sure. Yeah, I can't imagine being the first guy. No. Try it. Did you fix the white carrot problem? Because I be was bad, sick for a right? week with that. <laughs> oh, it's better, trust me. Yeah. So carrots, they're now edible thanks to people in the three hundreds, right? Three hundred BC. Yeah. I don't know what year. One of those time frames, that's what Haley talked about, right? Thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago. <laughs> Long time ago. And then butter in coffee. Yeah. I didn't know this was a thing. Jordan told me recently that people used to put butter in coffee. In the 2000s, yeah, not like just for big, taste. Right. It was a big trend, like this diet hack that people thought they had figured out where it would like jumpstart your metabolism. It was very popular. Like you could go to Starbucks and get like a dollar of butter in your coffee. I want a diet that involves eating butter more butter. I would be so thin because I eat so much butter. <laughs> anyway, none of that Nothing matters. None that of thing. that matters, but I thought it was interesting. And now everybody's got some insight into what the breaks are like with Haley. <laughs> Who knows what I'm gonna learn next time? Maybe I'll share. Let's talk about paint. In the garage, in the basement, you know, a lot of us either have that stuff sitting there that we've put there or we bought a new house. Mm-hmm. There's old paint left over and you're wondering, is this still good? How right. old is it? You don't really wonder that until it comes time to do a little touch-up painting. Yes. And then you start wondering, first off, can I find the paint that was in right. whatever room? Yeah. And then you find it and then begins the big, the big question, is this good enough to use? How do I know? Mm-hmm. And and what happens if I use it and it was bad? That's what we want to start with because Haley, you literally can yeah. attest to this. I you have know a what happens. Confession to make: I used bad paint recently. Um, that exact scenario. It was old paint left over and went into the basement. This was when I was sick at home and I was just bored looking for things to occupy myself with. And I thought, I'm going to touch up the cabinets real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just do that. And so I couldn't smell very good at all, but I opened the can up, mix it up real quick, get it on the cabinets. Jordan comes in the room and thinks, what are you doing? It reeks in here, what? not like in a normal paint way, in like a 
bad, spoiled, sulfury way. Yeah. And we'll get to that. That's one of the reasons. <laughs> and so you've got that now. Yes. Well, it's not there. The stink didn't last. Oh, so your stink went away. It did go away. But the paint is failing in the places where I did touch up because it was bad paint. Yeah. So you get all kinds of problems. A whole smorgasbord. I don't know how to say that word. I should never have tried. How do you say that word? Um, Smorgasbord? Well, I can't because you're in my head. Okay. A whole potluck of problems. <laughs> you can end up with a nasty smell that does linger. Yes. And you don't want that. No. You can end up with a gritty texture, poor durability. That's what Haley's experiencing. Even improper gloss level. Yeah. So all of those are reasons you don't want to use bad paint. So let's get to how you tell if what you've got is good. Well, like and we talked about, Jordan walked in the room and it smelled funky. And that's your first test. Pop the lid and give it a good whiff. Yeah. Make sure your nostrils are clear. <laughs> yeah. And this is going to be one of those things that if you're going, boy, I don't know. Is that? No. See, then it's fine. Yeah. If you're asking yourself, I'm not sure. If you're debating, It'll it's be probably very fine. obvious. Yeah. When you go and then you feel like you're having an out-of-body experience because it's the bad. stench is so overpowering, that's the one. That's bad. It's got a spoiled smell. Like sulfury almost in a yeah. way. It's just like mildewy. It smells sour. You'll know it when you smell it. Yeah. And if you if you notice that, that paint's a no-go. You've got to get rid of that. Don't use it. What if it's chunky? You've got chunky paint. Nope. Don't use it. Don't use it. It looks like cottage no cheese inside. Chunks. May look yummy. <laughs> May remind you of lasagna. You know, mom's lasagna. Or what's the M&M thing? It's mom's <laughs> spaghetti. spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so anyway, if it looks like that, nope, no go. What if it's really, really thick? The paint is super thick, you know, pasty. Or maybe it's really, really watery. If it's any extreme, don't use it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the case with most things, right? I would think so. If it's completely dried up, yeah, it's not yeah. good paint anymore. <laughs> yeah. If it's an extreme one way or the other, probably bad. What if it's watery on the top and, you know, the paint... Underneath seems like it might be okay, but that watery stuff, boy, that looks pretty bad. What do you think? Is this one bad too, Haley? It's just separated. It'll be fine. We have good news finally. If that's your situation, all you need to do is stir it back through. Yes. But there's a technique that you should know about because this is a common mistake. It seems very simple. Stir your paint. <laughs> yeah. Use a stir but... stick, not your arm. <laughs> right? Is that the clue or yeah. the hit, the tip? Um... No, well, you, maybe use your arm, I don't know. But either way, whether you use your arm or a stir stick, you want to make sure that you're getting to the bottom of the can and lifting up as you're stirring it around. And that's getting everything up to the top. All those salads are getting mixed back in the paint really well. And that's the key. Right. A lot of us think it's a circular motion. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to get the best results. So make sure you're doing it with the stir stick from the bottom up. If that seems like that's taking way too long, and sometimes that can. Yeah. And some of us just don't have the upper body strength <laughs> <laughs> to stir for that long. So maybe hit the gym ahead of time or, you know, just take a, you know, a cop out and get a drill mixer attachment. It's yeah. something that will Super hook onto your cordless drill or whatever. And in seconds... You'll have that paint mixed and ready to go. Really handy. Right? All right. So what if there's a thick skin on top of the paint? You know, you open it up and there's a skin in there. Maybe mm. it's a little rubbery. Maybe yeah. it's pretty hard. What do you think? Is it bad? Well, you don't know. You got to cut that out. <laughs> don't mix it through. I love that answer. <laughs> well, it's really kind of fun to do. It's like yeah. surgery. But yeah, if you carefully cut that out, 
you know, you're going to have to strain the paint regardless. Yes. But get that skin out of there. Don't stir it through and don't shake the can. No, it's just and... going to make it all chunky. And you're going to have all those little goobers in there that you get on the wall when you're painting. And no one wants that. Then you spend the rest of your day picking out all the yeah. papers. So get that skin out carefully and then assess the situation. Chances are the paint's probably still good. Yeah. But it will need to be strained. And let's talk about that because you could have that problem. But also a lot of us will open up a can it's kind of rusty. rusty. And you know how you got to pry that lid up mm-hmm. and it's not coming and you're not sure if you're ever going to get it. But as you're working it, like all these flakes of rust are falling into your paint. Or like dried paint that you didn't get out of the rim good enough. Right. We all know that scenario. Yes. You can still fix that. If the paint is good, you know, if decent quality is still workable, you can get all that out by straining it. Yeah. And they make a few different kinds of strainers you're going to see in the store. There's a five gallon bag strainer. There's a gallon bag strainer. And then there's like these nice little pretty cone strainers, and those look very friendly. I think people gravitate towards that one. That's not what you want to use for paint, though. Yeah, don't use the little cone strainers. They're made for lacquers and and products like that. It's a very fine strainer. (laughs) Yeah, use the gallon bag strainers or the five-gallon bag strainers. Basically, you need to get an empty container, whether it's a five-gallon pail or a single-gallon can. We sell those in the store. The little strainer has an elastic band around it, like yep. underpants. Just snap it on. Snaps right on. <laughs> Pour the old paint in. You lift it out. We've got a video showing this process. And Dan Altina, he's been on the show multiple times. Yeah. He's demonstrating how to do this. And it's it's quite entertaining. It's what, what do they call that? Those videos that people watch for sound and... ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. We should make a whole series of ASMR videos, I think. I think... Yes, we shall go to work on that, Haley. (laughs) But if you want to see Dan demonstrating the strainer technique, we'll have that on our social media pages. Super simple, but big thing is be aware of those strainers and use them. You can get your paint back to absolutely pristine quality no matter what it was for the most part. Exactly. Right? Okay. So now we've got all of that going on. That's how we figure out if the paint is still usable. Before we wrap this up, let's talk about how to store the paint so you can avoid some of these problems in the first place. Well, exactly. If you have a nice seal on that can and are storing it in the proper way, it's going to last a lot longer. So the first thing is really being careful on how you open the can to begin with. Use a specific paint can opener. Don't use other tools that are laying around that are convenient. We're all guilty of this. But What's the weirdest thing you've ever opened a paint can with? The weirdest thing? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe a quarter. A quarter? Yeah. Yep, that's pretty good. I've used screws. I've used my keys. A chicken. <laughs> Never used a chicken. I don't think that would work. You'd have the to be beak, frozen. Maybe? Yeah. Or the claw. Who knows? Little talons. I could try. But that se- doesn't <laughs> don't use seem. It. No, I wouldn't want him to be a living chicken because that would be cruel. I would never do that. The so, reason you don't want to use all these things is because it could dent the rim of the can, and then you've compromised that seal, letting air in, and then your paint is going to spoil. So what do you use instead? You use one of those little keys, little can oh, opener can keys. Ask about them at the store when you're buying your paint. We'll get you one. All right. So you've got that going on. Another thing you want to make sure you do is clean out the rim of that can before you seal everything. You know, a lot of times we'll open up the paint can, we're pouring from it, get a lot of paint in there. Most of us know better than to put the lid on and whack it shut at that point. We try to get the paint out. Unless you're trying to do like some Jackson Pollock splatter art, then go for it. Right, (laughs) right. But still, most of the time we see paint come into the store where people want us to shake it or something like that. And there's a lot of paint in that rim. Right. And that also compromises the seal. So make sure you clean that out before you try to close it. Or even better, Use a pour spout. And then you don't have to worry about it at all. Right. These things snap onto the can, right under the rim. They'll fit into a gallon. They'll fit into a quart. So inexpensive. 
And yeah, it makes pouring it super easy and it keeps that rim clean. But either way, make sure the rim's clean before you close it. Another thing before you close it, I don't know where this fits in the chronology sure. of things, but put the paint, because a lot of us will pour out of the gallon can and now we've got half a gallon left. Don't store the gallon half full like that. Get a couple quart cans, right? something that you can fill Exactly. And store it you that don't want way. a lot of air left in the can. You know, if there's just a little bit of paint and a bunch of air, you're again just leaving. indigestion for paint. You can just you can <laughs> see what's going to happen. You just know it's not going to be good. It's going to spoil. Yeah. That's the point. So get smaller containers, and then lastly, this feels kind of like we're really really belaboring the point here. But when you put the lid on <laughs> and you thump it shut, so naggy. Use a rubber mallet. Yeah. Again, sounds ridiculous, but how many times, Haley, have you closed them with a regular hammer? I have. I have done that. <laughs> a little tap, tap. I yeah. try to be careful, but ultimately, you end up denting that rim and letting more air in the can. Yeah. Do those things, and the paint will store really well for a very long time, as long as you put it in a place that's not going to freeze. Yes, that's another key. Very last thing yep. that we're going to say on this. Put it in your basement. Normal room temperature, that paint will be ready next time you need it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're answering a bunch of questions as fast as we can that we received about caulk. Yeah. Crickets just sounded. It's going to be great because we're going to have a lot of fun with it. That's all next. Oh, and on top of that. Oh, yeah, this is the thing. should have led with that. We're going to tell you how you can get entered to this weekend win a $250 gift card to Repcolite, and it's all connected to the big game on Sunday. You know which one I'm talking about. So look, it's really fun. You got to endure the caulk, and then we'll get to the boys in blue and the big giveaway. That's all next. Stick around. Eating dirt. And we're back. See, you got a little more insight into what I got to live with and what I work with. <laughs> Haley's just mumbling to herself, I'm going to start eating dirt or we have to start. I have no idea what that was even about, but I'm going to keep it in the show today. <laughs> because that was fun. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And Haley, we've got a lot of stuff yeah. to cover in this last segment. And it's important. These are real questions that people have about, about the, caulking. The well, the questions about caulk are important, but we've got to, even more importantly, get to our big contest centered around Sunday's big game. That's the critical stuff. Right. But let's let's get through the caulking. We've been talking about caulk the last couple of weekends right. on the show. We've One got a segment promo each. Right now, running on Tower Sealant's Accelerator. It's a really high quality caulk that can be painted over immediately with a sprayer or brushed over in 30 minutes. But we've got a good deal on it, and it's inspired a lot of content for us. Right. The deal ends uh, at the end of January. So a yeah. few more days after this weekend. If you are in the market for caulk and you want to save some money, Definitely check it out. But because we've been producing this content, we have received a fair amount of questions, and we're going to kind of just go through them in no particular order, really. I'm going to ask yeah. them. Haley's going to answer, and I'm going to grade her on the quality of her work. Oh, fun. So let's start with this. That's Are cost and spackle interchangeable? No. And I say this to my husband because I feel like 
this is something that he could do. Maybe <laughs> We don't have any spackle in the house. I'll just use caulking. It's not the same thing. Uh, caulk is just for sealing gaps between two different materials or the same material, but it's for filling a crack or a gap where spackle is really just used to fill things like nail holes or other damage on a flat surface like walls or trim. You know, spackle can be sanded so you can get a really nice finish to be painted over. Caulk is not sandable, so you're never going to get as good of a finish. No, it's a real pain. I have talked to a few people in the store who've come in and they've caulked some nail holes Mm -hmm. and are wondering how to get that smooth again. (laughs) And yeah, it's a lot of scraping with a razor to try to get that smooth again. So yep, caulk and spackle, different different applications. How about this one? Is all caulk paintable? No. Paintability is one of the main differences actually between like silicone caulks and siliconized acrylic caulks like Accelerator that's on sale right now. That would be an acrylic where you can specifically paint over that. There are paintable and non-paintable caulks. So don't just grab something off a shelf and assume you're use good. it in your house and yeah. assume you're good. Make sure you ask about it or make sure you're reading on the container itself, the tube itself, that it is a paintable caulk. Yes. Okay, you mentioned silicone caulk. Where would I use silicone caulk if it's not paintable? And we do want to clarify, that's absolutely not paintable. No, it's not. And you would use that in a situation with a lot of moisture or you could be concerned about mildew. It's great for water resistance. It's made for bathrooms and, you know, kitchens or exteriors even where there's a real water concern. All right, so let's say, and this has happened. I think you, Haley, have talked to people who've done this. I have. Mm-hmm. They've used silicone caulk accidentally. And then realize that and they then, can't paint over it. Right, they're trying to paint over it. It's not working. They'll come in. What do I do? You know, how do I get this fixed again? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to do any harm, right, as long as you're not trying to paint over it. If you use silicone and you're not trying to paint over it, it's fine. Leave it on your baseboards. But if you're hoping to paint over it, uh, you really have to remove all of that and the residue left behind before you can then refill with a paintable caulk and get a finish on there. All right. So a fair amount of work there. If that happens to you, stop out at any Repcolite. Tell us what you're working with, and we'll walk you through how you get that fixed. How do you remove caulk itself, you know, just regular caulk? Because that does have to be removed from time to time and replaced. Yeah, it's not a fun job, but it is an important thing to do every so often because caulk does fail. It does break down over time and it loosens from that gap. It's no longer sealing things that are supposed to be watertight potentially, like around the tub. And it's there for a reason. We're trying to prevent things like water damage and mildew. So it's important to replace that when it does start failing. In order to do that, You should really be using a caulk removing tool. It's a specific tool for that. You can use other things, but this is going to be much more efficient and save any damage from happening to surrounding materials. Um, Or you could, you know, if it's really degraded, just use a pair of needle nose pliers and just start peeling away. Yeah. Oh, just grab it and (laughs) pull? exactly. Yeah, I've scraped it out with razor knives. The, The caulk removal tool is a lot easier. Yeah. But you got to go through all of it, get all of the little crumblies off. It takes a little bit of work. Yeah, I think people hope to use a solvent for that kind of thing, but they really don't like dissolve it by any means. They might loosen it or soften it a little, maybe, but you really don't need a solvent necessarily. Um, And then the last thing is just removing any residue that's left behind before you start again. Yeah. So that's that. Let's see here. We've got time for one more, then we'll get to the lions. Sure. How do I store an open tube? So I cut it open, used it, but I've only used part of it. People Ever- have all kinds of tricks. So many tricks. Right? For this. Like use a nail, use a screw. There are specific caps that are sold for this purpose, mm-hmm. but you found a really interesting tip that I had never heard before. 
I liked it. It was, yeah, the, the guy had a wax ring mm-hmm. from a toilet. He just kept that in the little container that it came in, and he kept sure. it in his toolbox. Whenever he was done with a tube of caulk, he would just Jab press it. the nozzle right into that wax ring. The wax would go into the nozzle, into the opening. Make a little plug. Yeah, make a little plug. And it, when he needed it later, he'd just trigger the gun. It never really got hard enough that it would cause a problem. It'd just shoot right out, but it created that airtight seal. I like it. That's all cool. right. Our big contest. We don't have long to talk about it, but I'll go fast. We all know about Sunday's big game. Radio rules don't let me say team names or anything like that, so I'm giving out clues. One of the teams wears Honolulu blue. Anyway, big game on Sunday. Here's the deal. Go to RepcoLite's Facebook page and find the post about the game. And then go ahead and in the comments, give us your predictions for who's going to win and what the final score is going to be for each team. You have until 10 a.m. on Sunday to get those predictions in, and then we're going to take no more predictions after 10 a.m. on Sunday. So... Get those predictions in, then we're all going to watch to see how things shake out. And when it's all over, the person who is closest to the final result and score will win a $250 gift card to RepcoLite. And if it's a group of people who get it all right, we're going to draw a random winner from that group. All right, all the rules are on RepcoLite's Facebook page. Whatever you do, have a great weekend, make paint a part of it, and be sure to root the boys in blue on this Sunday. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.